0: Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Today, I want to speak specifically to those of you who are married or those of you who hope to be married someday. You know, this last week, the Catholic Church celebrated the great Solemnity of Trinity Sunday. And as Catholics, we may wonder, well, what difference does the Trinity make in our lives? I mean, I know there's a God, but does it really make a difference? Whether he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? what Practically, how does that shape my life? Well, it has so much to shape your life because we're made in the image and likeness of that triune God. But I want to talk today specifically about how the Trinity relates to our lives lives and marriage, the sacrament of matrimony and marriage lived out day to day. And to do that, I want to welcome a special guest who's going to help me unpack this today. And that is my wonderful wife, Beth.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: So welcome back to the show. And uh, we've been thinking a lot about marriage, not just because we're approaching our 21st anniversary next month, uh, but also- Does that mean
1: our marriage is legal?
0: It's, it's it's legal now. <laughs> we are
1: legal to drink wine in our marriage.
0: <laughs> it's 21. 21 years. There we go. But what, that's one of the things we talked about, though. We talked about you know the image of wine in our... That's <laughs> right. That's right. In, full in, circle. In this uh, marriage conference coming up here, you, you've all heard me mention the last couple of episodes about this Catholic Marriage Summit that's taking place this very week now, uh, June 11th through 13th. It's a free online Catholic conference. So anyone can sign up for free. You can watch talks from so many, not just great Catholic speakers, but with their spouses. You hear from Scott and Kimberly Hahn, Curtis and Michael Ann Martin, Damon and Melanie Owens, uh, and, and so many other great Catholic speakers and their spouses, really giving witness to different aspects of, of married life. What are some of the different talks that that are going to be taking place at this conference?
1: Yeah, I just saw this today, and it's just it's not your run-of-the-mill topics for marriage. I think there's something for everyone and more Really, there's stuff on um, how to fight fair, um, things on dealing with uh, your personal emotions within marriage, and even things on grief, grieving from the loss of children, miscarriage, things like that. So it really is. And that's just a small sampling. There's, It's going to be pretty awesome.
0: And we got to talk about, uh, so it was actually really fun for me. Uh, it's been a great joy. Working with you, honey, on, on these lately. Wow. <laughs> Normally I'm, I'm the one traveling out all over the world and I can't bring my wife with me on all these trips since so we don't get a chance. I don't s- fit in his suitcase. <laughs> we, we don't get the chance to speak together, uh, you know, giving talks together uh, like we used to back in the early days when we were launching Focus at all. And so it's been really fun. One of the benefits I think of COVID is we've been asked to do a number of these little uh, online conferences, video over video, where we have been able to do some of these talks. So if, if you want to hear the real wisdom behind this marriage, uh, check out the, the Catholic Marriage Summit Conference. We'll put the link in the show notes, and it's not too late to register. It's all for free. And what's really great about these things is you can... You can really just watch these at your own time, at your own convenience. You can pick which ones you wanna do any time over the three-day window there. And if you get the all-access pass, which is just, uh, you pay a little bit, you can get access to all of these talks and many other free resources that you can take with you for the rest of your life, the rest of your marriage. So uh, check that out. Again, go to the show notes and you can register there and you can learn more wisdom from my dear wife, Beth. And my husband. (laughs) So um, we're gonna bring... I'm going to have Beth with us today uh, on on this topic about the Holy Trinity and marriage. I'm first going to say a few words just about the Trinity itself, uh, just some theological foundations. And then she and I are going to just share a little bit about the difference we find this making and practically how we try to live our our marriage to build greater unity uh, in reflection of the Holy Trinity to the best we can in our very fallen world here today but i want to offer just a couple a couple thoughts about the trinity itself to help make sense out of it one basic way uh, that i've taught the trinity uh, in many years is turning to a chapter in the new testament first john chapter 4 verse 8 god is love and and it's one one angle into the life of the trinity god is love And in any, for there to be love, you have to have a lover and you have to have the beloved, the one who is loved, and you have to have the shared love between the lover and the beloved. And that's one common way to kind of shed some light on the Trinity. God is love. And you have the father who loves the only beloved son, the the beloved son loves the father in return. And the shared love between the father and the son is the Holy Spirit. But I want to share a little bit about how this mystery of the Trinity relates to our understanding of marriage and family life. St. John Paul II once said this about the Trinity. He said, God in his deepest mystery is not a solitude, but a family, since he has in himself fatherhood, sonship, and the essence of the family, which is love. And he goes on explaining how the love between the father and the son is the Holy Spirit. What I love about this quote here is that John Paul II is saying the Holy Trinity isn't like a family. It's not like, oh, what's a metaphor for the Trinity? Help us understand Trinity. We'll say it's like the family. No, no. The Trinity is family. That's the ultimate reality, and our human families. So Edward and Beth, three and Madeline, Paul, Teresa, Carl, Luke, Josephine, Kiara. We're, we 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 reflect. We participate in the reality of the true communion of life and love, which is the Holy Trinity. So if I want to understand what what marriage and family life should really all about, I want to look at Jesus. I want to look at the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And and, and I don't want to necessarily look at just, just human families here on earth because the ultimate source for all family life is the Holy Trinity itself. And, and that's what we learned, that God made us in his image after his likeness. But in, right there in Genesis 1, what does God say? Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And male and female, he created them. And he commissioned them to be fruitful and multiply. So marriage, that first marriage, uh, is is made in the image and likeness of the Holy Trinity, as God is using the first person plural there. And so our human marriages are meant to reflect The Holy Trinity, the union of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go practical here. So, I'm going to bring my my wife here. I'm back. (laughs) She was here the whole time listening to me talk, which she sadly (laughs)
1: theologized.
0: But you know this idea of the Trinity and and how our marriages are supposed to reflect that. What are some of the ways that? that practically couples can try to do that. One of the things I've heard, you, you've often quoted this little phrase. Uh, you often talk about unity with imperfection.
1: I usually only say that, though, when something's not right. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and I, I remember these words well.
1: <laughs> right, right. So we got this from our spiritual director years ago. I don't even know what decision we were agonizing about. And she just reminded me, unity with imperfection is okay. I think oftentimes we as faithful Catholics or just striving Catholics, we think we've got to be perfect. And I'm going to get there no matter what, you know, and we can see, oh, it's like almost just outside of our grasp. And if we just try harder, we're going to get that gold medal, right? And know that we, each individual is personally capable of going for gold, right? But sometimes it's better to just take a step back be united with our spouse and almost settle, not totally settle, but silver is okay.
0: Yeah. And in, in other words, like we as Catholics, we want to have really great marriages and we want to have the ideal family life. And that's good. God's put that on our heart right. because we want to strive for that ultimate union of love and 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 unity that God has. That's what we long for. But the reality is that we, we fall short many times. And so what the devil will often use uh, in us is he'll, he'll use this perfectionism, this idealism within us to divide us in a marriage, uh, to get us to be discouraged. They go, our marriage and family life isn't as good as it should be. Uh, but, but I, I think that that wisdom uh, that, that you often quote to me <laughs> in, in my moments when I just want gold <laughs> is, is so, is so important because the real gold isn't, you know, did the kids behave perfectly at mass today? That's not the real gold or that did the kids. That's a
1: miracle.
0: That's a miracle. (laughs) Or the real gold isn't like, did the, did the kids all get straight A's or the real gold isn't, you know. Is our
1: house perfect right before we entertain guests?
0: Yes. Or even just in our marriages, you know, is is gold, does gold mean we never fight or there's never tension or uh, we just, we just do wonderful holy hours together and levitate when we pray together. You know, of course, you know, no, that would be cool. That would be pretty cool.
1: (laughs) But I'd settle for bilocation. (laughs) That I think would be fabulous.
0: But the real gold, you know, in marriage, just like even in our own individual spiritual lives, you know, what St. Therese tells us is, is the littleness. It's embracing the truth of our imperfections. Not that we don't try to get better, uh, and and Terez is very good about this in our spiritual life. She emphasizes, no, we have to do everything we can to overcome sin, to grow in virtue, grow in holiness, and yet... We have to always be totally at peace when we run up against the truth of ourselves, the truth of our weakness and sins and hurts and Hurt. imperfections. Even
1: bodily limitations, you know, we just don't have 100% energy. We can't do all the things that we can conceive of possibly doing of in our head. So we just, we're finite beings.
0: And we can't do it all. And that's and that's the yeah. truth. And to embrace that. And that I think that applies just as much... In marriage, you know, I could think about this as the little way of marriage is to realize that rather than me, you know, getting upset that, oh, our marriage isn't as great as it could be, or I'm not as good of a husband as I could be, or the house isn't as clean as it could be, or the the children are behaving as well as they could be, to accept the reality of that, to maintain peace in my own heart, then helps me to maintain peace with you and with the children. And that's actually not settling. That's not settling. But I'm I'm trying to go for gold.
1: I don't want to get... Distracted with the word subtle or silver because it's not like you're making peace with something that is, you know, not virtuous. It's not that at all. It's more just thinking about everyone is happy. Everyone is content. No one's lashing out. We're not pushing ourselves too far, too hard as a couple, as a family. Because if you do that, you suffer the repercussions. You suffer broken trust. You suffer meltdowns. You just suffer in so many ways. So it's knowing that boundary, staying within that boundary, and and just realizing that that is enough.
0: Yeah. So for example, you know, in our family life, you know, we we do a family rosary together. We try to do it, you know, as much as we can uh, each day. And you know, the, we had this tradition very early on in our marriage. And and doing the family rosary, you know, when the kids were younger, it was easy to have, you know, two, three, four kids, very well behaved, holding their beads. I don't know about four praying. kids.
1: <laughs> Maybe two. I, know, I, think I remember it being sane <laughs> when it
0: was two. And then, yeah, okay. so Because we
1: could control everything, you know, the toddler could sit and I could hold the baby, you know.
0: Yeah. And then they got older and and then then it got a little bit harder. Yes. And, And then now, you know, we've got eight kids ranging from teenagers that have pressures of getting home and after practice, having quick dinner, then they have to go eat, they have to go do their homework to the little toddlers that, you know, don't know where their pajamas are and all these different things, you know, so there's all these little stresses going on. And so there were, there were, you know, a number of years where the family rosary was a source, could be a source of tension as opposed to a source of of great joy and spiritual enrichment for our family life, uh, mostly because one of us really had some idealism about how how our rosary praying should be played. prayed.
1: <laughs> Let's be honest.
0: The rosary was not
1: pretty. I kept thinking, "Wow, are we honoring our lady? Is she happy with the smoke coming out of our collective ears here?" Seriously, it was really brutal for a while.
0: But but, you know, I think that was an example of where we had to learn and mostly me here, uh, having to learn, you know, we may not have the picture perfect rosary, and uh, maybe there's children tired. Uh, there's one child that has fallen asleep. There's another child that just has to get some homework done. And this other child that's forgot to brush her teeth or get their vitamins. And so they're
1: they're doing that all in
0: the midst of rosary time. We're not all on our knees. It's almost like when
1: rosary starts, that's when those last minute questions that every kid has before drifting off to sleep come to the surface. Mom, I need money for this special field trip tomorrow. And my permission slip or mom, mom, what about my lunch? And am I going to be able to go to so-and-so's house? Like all those questions and things that have been floating around in their brains, all of a sudden, every single person's one bubbles up. What's the weather tomorrow? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs)
0: Really? And so uh, you know, I know there are there yeah. are a number of times where we do get as a family to sit around the living room, just like we used to in the early days of our family life, and still pray a good, quiet, peaceful rosary together. Or but we the, just
1: settle for a decade.
0: Sometimes we have to do let's, just a decade. Let's
1: pull through and do a decade. Let's do a decade together. together. Or even right after dinner, sometimes we do a straight up decade before everyone scatters. Yeah, and disperses. The, the
0: point here is that. I think what we've come to learn over time is, you know, if we get a, a B on the quality of our rosary praying, you know, we're distracted. We're, kids are doing chores or they're brushing their teeth while we're the others are praying the rosary. It's not pretty. It's not perfect. If we get a B but we get an A on unity together – that were like, okay, you know what? We're just gonna recognize it's gonna be a little, little messy during this rosary praying tonight, or maybe we only get a couple decades in on this particular night. Then, then that's okay. It, it, but what would happen is uh, I could get stressed out, frustrated. Why aren't you get over here? <laughs> you know, and that caused more division and tension. And, and it was a way for me to learn to love like Jesus loves, to sacrifice to serve others, to be patient with others more. And that's good for me. That's just good for my soul. Uh, It was a way for us to practice the little way of marriage, if you will, (laughs) you know, uh, of really, really. okay, this is just where we're at right now. We we can't pray the rosary like we used to. Uh, And I think that there's a million things like that that come up in marriage life where our ideals might actually drive to disunity, which is exactly what the devil wants. Not that the ideals are bad, but can we let go of the ideals to embrace the reality of where we're at, still try our best uh, in order to build unity? Now, another way to build unity in the family and in the marriage life, especially, is to make sure we take time for each other. Uh, and everybody talks about this, the importance of date nights. And uh, But one of the things we've been doing, and, and and this is a blessing for us in our marriage life the last few years, now that we have some older kids, older kids that can help. And I realize if you have. Little, you know, toddlers at home, this isn't going to be your reality, but, but,
1: but it might in the future, in the
0: future. So keep having more kids keep building because they can help. <laughs> they really, that that's one thing. Everyone I always like... gets scared when you have three kids. I am drowning. I can't do this. And it's not that it gets easier. Uh, each kid, each child is an additional weight of responsibility. And yet. God does provide, and there's graces, and the older children are able to help. Uh, so it's always more with each additional child. It just gets to be less more uh, as, as, as as more kids are coming.
1: That's not mathematically possible.
0: <laughs> oh, less more in the sense of like it's always more. <laughs>
1: I know what you mean. Like 100 just,
0: pounds more. That's just funny. 80 pounds more, 50 right. pounds more. <laughs> no, what's really great
1: is when you have in-house babysitting, when your oldest is old enough that you can – you know, go for a quick run or run to the store or the chapel, that is amazing. And then later when people start driving, that is fabulous. So
0: That's open doors for us though, right? To be able to have time. We can go out on date nights and Mm -hmm. have more time, you know, together. One of the things we do... And we've done this for the last several years, is every night after dinner, while the kids are all cleaning up, (laughs) we get to go for a little walk. (laughs) The kids are cleaning up.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hopefully cleaning up. Yeah,
0: 50-50. At least while we live in the delusion, the illusion that that they're cleaning up, we get to go for a walk. So we go for a walk around the neighborhood and it's a good time for us to get a little exercise, but also just to talk together and connect. And that, and that we've been doing that almost daily for the last several years. Uh, and, and that, that has been a wonderful blessing. Indeed. But when you're younger, what advice would you have for the young mom and dads out there who, you know, they, they only have a couple kids and they're really young. They don't have the in-house babysitters.
1: Right. Right. And I think this is super crucial because, um, when you're, you have a younger family, especially the moms, you're so taxed. Your kiddos need you all the time for everything. So this idea of going on a walk after dinner, I'm sure you're just thinking, oh, wow, that's nice. That's so not my world, but that's, you know, nice. But seriously, to think, to set aside times, and for us, way back in the day, we would do like a a two-night-a-week system where Sunday night after the kids go down, that would be like our business meeting. So all the things for the week, you know, mom's all those things that float in your head. Well, what are we doing about this? And summer vacation and school, and and what about having this person over on this night? Or are we going to go to this event or not? I don't know. So through the week, I would just make a list of all the things that we need. I need to talk to Ted about, and then Sunday night we would sit down and just hash through all those things. And what that did is it freed up my mind to know that we've went, gone through all the action items. So then we would have one night later in the week. Or sometimes we'd go out and get a babysitter, but sometimes we would just spend time together after the kids went down, whether we were watching a mini series for a while or refinishing the wardrobe that we got while we listened to Lord of, Ring- Lord of the Rings. So there were a lot of things that we would just do during that time um, to reconnect. And that was a nice organic way that wasn't overwhelming, but it was regimented it was something that happened it was just taken for granted that that's what we would do
0: and then for us being able to get away and that's something we were not always able to do we we used to have some time when we could get away when my folks could watch the kids and but now my folks are older and we what have do you mean a by get lot of kids like, like
1: vacation? vacation oh yeah, yeah. yeah that didn't happen for a long time for
0: there is there is a good decade in there where we, we it's least. only been recently we've been it was able 15 to 15
1: years actually
0: yeah well late, re, lately we've been able to do this whether it's been getting maybe some young college students that are around to watch our kids where we've been able to go get away. Last summer, Madeline watched the kids while we were away. So like we're able to start to do that again. So if you're able to do that, I think Mm -hmm. that is an incredible blessing.
1: Keep in mind though, you may need more than just a weekend. For me, it takes at least 24 hours, if not longer, just to get used to being with just Ted and not all my little people needing me. There really is a transition time that's necessary.
0: It takes a long time to get adjusted to it me does. too. I,
1: well, just <laughs> you, you know. I need.
0: I say that's a, true on my end. Like for me, the process of unplugging from work and all the responsibilities—that's important as well. So that's
1: just because you're so intense.
0: That's that's true. That is true.
1: <laughs> it's like putting the brakes on a locomotive.
0: <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, as much as you can, the the, the the importance of having that time, you know, whether it's on a weekly basis to enrich the marriage for just as a, as a couple is so important. And then if there's certain seasons you are able to get away, that's important as well. Last thing about unity. So we talked about unity with imperfection. We talked about, you know, the importance to take time for each other. But last point I want to bring up here. Is how actually taking time for some self-care, some time for your own individual personal enrichment actually can strengthen the marriage. And I want to be clear here. A lot of people, you know, when they go into marriage, they they feel like they have to negotiate. And it's like, okay, well, I'll let him do that so that he lets me do this, or I'm gonna let her have this time so that I can get this time with my friends. That's not the way I want to think about this here. I think it's important more for the good of our marriage. I know that my wife needs some of that time to go recharge, whether that's getting exercise or time for prayer, uh, time to be with her friends. Like that's that's not just like, oh, Beth just needs her time. It's actually, it enriches her and then she's able to give so much more back to to the, our relationship as a couple and then to our children. So it's really, that I think that's, it's serving a common good, that, that time to step back and have some time alone.
1: Yeah, or even things like going for a retreat, you know, personal retreat is huge because when, when do you really get that time one-on-one with our Lord? It's really hard to come by in the daily grind. So taking that time to really care for yourself and care for you, like truly, true leisure, true care for yourself and things that recharge you, um, especially in the spiritual life, you know, confession, adoration, things like that are huge because then your soul is filled and that benefits your husband, your wife, your family, because you have more to bring. It fills your cup, so then you can come and share more
0: with everyone in your circle. So making making sure you take time for that, and, ma- and make sure you are are caring for your spouse, to make sure your spouse gets some of that time as well. Uh, that also helps to build the unity. So in closing, I want to share with you all a, a quote here. This is from Saint John of the Cross, and it was the it is a little a poem that he wrote about. Love, and it, it's the poem we had on the back of our wedding card, uh, July 17th, like a
1: prayer card,
0: 1999. Yeah, a little prayer card we passed out at, at our wedding. Love that is their very essence, love that is their unity. The more love tends to oneness, the more love is and more will be. And that's from John of the Cross talking about the Holy Trinity, uh, but how beautifully that sheds light on the nature of human love, especially in marriage. So it's been great having you on, Beth. Thank and, you. <laughs> and uh, I want to encourage the listeners, if you you want to check out our talk at the Catholic Marriage Summit, the free online marriage conference to enrich your marriage, check that out this week here, June 11th through 13th. Uh, and you can go to the show notes to find the the link there, or you can go to my Instagram page. Check it out there. It's, the link is in the bio. It's all for free and if you get the premium pass actually the the all access pass you can have these talks for the rest of your life the rest of your marriage uh to enrich your your, your married life as well so check that out
1: and then with the all access pass too there's a lot of freebies and unique opportunities when that, with that too like live things live interviews Q&As oh. stuff like that that you won't get if you just do the free version free version is awesome don't get me wrong but if you're inclined to sign up for the all access pass yeah, there's, there's you, a lot more you, to you that. You can do
0: a Q&A session. We're going to do a Q&A Zoom session together on Saturday afternoon. So if you do the all access pass, you can, you can check that out as well. And I'll, I'll be honest here too. If you all do the all access pass, it does help all of us out in our ministries because, you know, as you know, with in light of COVID-19, many of us haven't been able to go out and do the, the, the speaking and the traveling and the, 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 the kind of work in the ministry that we normally are able to do. So you can help support our ministry in the process as well. So check it out, the Catholic Marriage Summit, and you can find the link in my bio. On Instagram, or you can find it in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and God bless.
1: God bless.